with the subject. This is uh, week four in living uh, righteous. This is what I called my series on my online Bible school, Living Righteous. And the reason why I call it Living Righteous because why? Now, living righteous, our righteousness is according to what God has made to us, but through Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? What God made to us, but it comes through Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why we say you have to have a Savior. So let's look at a couple of scriptures to fund, uh, to, uh, to get that <clears throat> understanding there. Go with me, uh, Casey, the first, uh, first scripture we're going to look at is Romans 3.22. Romans 3.22. <clears throat> and let's establish the fact that this righteousness that we have, it is of God, but it is through Jesus Christ, the faith of Christ. Amen. So notice in Romans 3.22, say, even the righteousness of God, which is by what? Come on, talk to me, class. By what? By faith of what? Of Jesus Christ unto all of what? <clears throat> Upon all them that believe, for there is what? No difference. Can you see that? Now, uh, look at verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace. Whose grace? His grace. God's grace. By his grace. And notice this. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So the atonement for sin came through Jesus Christ. We no longer have to atone. We no longer have to do sacrifice, sacrificial rituals and etc. for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus made one atonement for sin from uh, past, present, and future tense. Amen. And the reason we say that is, it's because it is your spirit that has been born of God and is sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise and sin cannot affect your spirit. We did not say sin can't affect your soul, but sin cannot affect your spirit because it is sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, so let's look at another verse of scripture here. Uh, let's look here at... Uh, Galatians chapter 2, and look at verse 16. And then this time we're going to get to Philippians 3, 9 this time. Galatians 2, 16. Being justified freely. Oh, okay. Knowing that a man is not what? Justified by the works of the law. Amen. So you see, men were just uh, religious men, legalism, uh, Unrighteous people tried to do what? They tried to justify their right standing according to their action in judging you and I. So they used their action, they used their performance outwardly, they'll call outward rituals to do what? To testify of what they're doing versus what you're not doing. And Jesus was simply saying, and Apostle Paul too, it's not what's Outwardly, that we need to be justified. It's the heart that needs justification. You get the heart clean, then the outside will take care of itself. Okay? All right? So notice this. Knowing that a man is not justified by what? The works of the law? But how? By the faith of what? Now notice it didn't say by faith in. This is, this is so important. I know some translation may say that, 
But this is so important because there is a difference. When you say in, that has a different meaning. But when you say up, it takes on a different meaning. Are you following what I'm saying here? So that means we have what we have. We are what we are because of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's, that's important. So as long as you keep it in that personal pronoun, in that, in that manner, you will always recognize that the burden of my salvation is not on me. The burden of me trying to live right is not on me. I have received God's righteousness through my born-again spirit, through Christ Jesus. That's what make me righteous. Amen? I could never, my, in my spirit, in the life that I have, I could never live unrighteous according to God's way of thinking. Amen. Now, in my soulish man, yes, I can do some idiotic things that may not look like I'm righteous, that may not go with a righteous, uh, the righteous living that we have by Christ, but it does not affect my right standing with God. Now, it will affect my right stand, you know, relationship with you. I give the devil an inroad in my life. Can you see what I'm saying? So I can cause wreak havoc in my life by living in sin. That's why we try to teach you not to live in sin. Okay? But you're, going to, you're not going to be able to do it perfectly. But when you understand the righteousness of God, of whose you are, then you, you're able to live out of a revealing knowledge, a revelation knowledge. Uh, uh, you have understanding of the truth and you become more alert more aware of what is saying, what is coming out of your mouth, what thoughts you're thinking of, you're more alert of catching those thoughts. You're more aware of, you know, uh, critiquing words that wants to come out of your mouth based on condition, based on the circumstance. Something may not, you know, it may not touch you in the right way. I have to respond as the righteous of God are, let me say it like this, I should and want to respond out of the righteousness of God rather than out of a self-righteous experience, if that makes sense. So you're trying to live your life in a manner that's always pleasing to God. Amen? Don't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference what your indifference are with someone, how challenging it may be. You are in control of your thoughts, not theirs. Amen. And so because of that, I can I can harness my emotion. I can keep my emotion at an all time low. You can keep the stress out of your life at an all time low. Amen. Yeah. Stress is a is is a man. It can destroy your internal organ. So it says, knowing that a man is not what justified <clears throat> by the works of the law, but how by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be what justified by the faith of Christ. See that? Our justification means just as it never happened. Because he met the requirements for our freedom. 
for our redemption, for our liberty, Jesus met the requirement. It wasn't a burnt offering. It wasn't some animal sacrifice. It said a, a sacrifice and offering God do not want, but a body has he prepared. David quoted that in Psalm 4, I mean Psalm 40, verses 6 and 7. He caught a glimpse of understanding that it wasn't the sacrifice of animals that pleased God. It was a body that will bring forth our liberty, that will bring forth our uh, uh, freedom from sin. And we'll show you that later on. So we see that, you know, our justification is by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. So again, we're not trying to get rid of the law. We're getting rid of the works of the law. Are you following what I'm saying? We're establishing, as Paul said in Galatians, I mean, in Romans 3, 27, he said, then, you know, by what law? He said, by the law of faith. Amen. So we're not justified by the law of works, which is trying to work, trying to do what? Establish your right standing through your own efforts, through your own worth. Paul is saying it's not going to jive today. Amen. So our justification, he says, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be what? Justified. Amen. So there's nothing that you could ever do in the flesh thinking that you're going to make sure that you are justified in the sight of God through your works. It ain't going to happen. All right. Philippians 3, 9. And being found in him, not having what? My own righteousness. That's important. Because when you learn to walk in the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, then you'll never point fingers at no one. You'll never be critical of no one. Never. Now you have to grow in that grace. Okay, and the more you walk with him, the more you understand God's righteousness, the more it humbles you. It humbles you. Why? Because it puts you in a place of just, oh, my God. It's just by your mercy, Lord, I am where I am. I could be that individual. I could be that homeless person. Huh? I mean, you know, I could be that person on drugs. Man, I, you know, yesterday I was driving down Ambassador Caffrey and they had the, uh, the fire wagon and the police car and, and it was raining. And they had this young girl sitting on the curb and it's like by that windows going into windows. A bike there and she's just sitting there. Man, my heart just melted. A life that God gave is living so far from his purpose. And it's just like, Lord, what could I do? 
You, you follow what I'm saying? Why? Because you start understanding what God put in a salvation for you and I and those of us who caught it. It doesn't put us in a position to be prideful, but it humbles us to the place of where as, oh my God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I had eyes to see, I had ears to hear, to receive your salvation for mankind. You don't know how blessed you are. People live every day and never get to experience this life. They know of it, but they never get an opportunity to really understand and on the sad part about this, you got believers that are born again. They know that they're saved. They know that they're going to heaven. But that is as they go to church maybe once a week, if that, and that's just about all to their walk with God. That too is just as painful when you understand Somebody freely put everything they had on the line so that you may go free. Amen? All right. Well, let's go, Casey, to um, Romans chapter 4. And look here at Romans 4. Romans 4, 4. It says, now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckon of grace. So now you understand that, huh? In other words, if you work for it, it's not grace. You understand what I'm saying? You know how some people say, well, I work, you know, they think it's their own work. So Paul is saying, now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckon of grace, but of debt. And so God's not going to be in debt to nobody. Can you see that? And so here, <clears throat> it's important that we understand, we understand that. Watch this. Look at uh, Romans eleven six. I think we covered these verses uh, in our last lesson. He said, and if it by grace, and if by grace then it is what? No more works. It's got to be all grace plus nothing before it can be grace. Or if it's going to be by works, if it's by all works plus nothing equals nothing. Are you following what I'm saying? You are not going to be justified by works. You know, well, you know I, I, I gave... I gave $5,000 to this person to help them out of the situation. Okay, that's good. But that doesn't make you righteous before God. Hmm? You know, I bought, I bought, much, I, I bought I, I, the building that we're in. I bought the church building that we're in. I paid a million dollars, you know, so that, you know, we could have a place of our own. That's great, man. I really love that. But that doesn't make you righteous. That doesn't mean that you are all right with God. 
Not based on what you do. Not based on why you give. And a million dollars, that's, that's, a, that's a good chunk of change. Right? But it don't have no marriage with God. Can y'all see that? And I'm just trying to put it where we live. And this is the reason why I say, if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. So what is grace? It's God's unmerited faith. It's God's willingness to do on our part what we can't do ourselves. So you don't have what you have based on anything. that You have what you have because God made a decision to love you and to give a, a, a life to you just as it never happened. Whatever your past is, that's what justification is. You were redeemed from the guilt. You were redeemed from that shame. You were justified from the fault, justified from the guilt. That's why we say just as it never happened. In the mind of God, never happened. See, that could mess with your head. That put a new wrinkle in your brain right there. Why? Because, you see, it's dealing with your spirit. It's your spirit that's born of God. It's your spirit that's 100% God. And it's through your spirit that you can, that you can connect your soul to your spirit. You know, <clears throat> every now and then my, my, my watch get disconnected because it's not where my phone, you know, it's a distance in the house away from my phone. It has trouble, you know, it connect and disconnect. It connect, it disconnect. And, you know, I'm thinking, I'm talking about that. That illustration just came in my mind. That's what happened to us at times. We connect with the spirit, and then we disconnect with a crazy thought. We connect. We pray in the spirit. We connect. Or we may, or we may give God praise. Or we may stand on the word. We may be confessing the word. What are we doing? We connecting. And then you have a crazy thought. I hate that helper. <laughs> what you did? You just disconnect. Is that right? <laughs> you know, you disconnect. And so, hey, that's why it's good that we make ourselves aware because we know that the soulless part of us didn't have no salvation. I have soul salvation as long as I put work in it. And I'm going to show you that's a different work than what we're talking about here. So he said, for if by grace then no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise work is no more work. Now I said go to James 2, 17, because I mentioned the word. There is a work to your faith, but that work is a corresponding action or a response to what grace has made available. So faith is an act. Look at this. It said, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. If you look that word works up, it's a corresponding action. There must be a corresponding action. In other words, if I believe that I'm here, then I must 
act on the word. I must act like I'm here. I must act like I've received the word of God. My body is healed. I don't care what the condition says. I don't care what's going on in there. I receive healing. Hallelujah. I'm the heal. Amen. That the body trying to get sick. Glory to God. So, next verse, Casey. Yet a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show, you, show thee my faith by my works. Keep going. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devil also believe and tremble. That's amazing. But wilt thou, uh, thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is what? Dead. So that word works is a corresponding action. What does another translation of that say? Well, give us the NLT or give us the amplifier. What, is it, what, what does it say? I'm accustomed to quoting it. The, uh. So notice this. It says, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds? That's another way of saying it. It's what? It's useless. What does the uh, classic amplifier say? Are you willing to be shown? Are you willing to be shown proof? You foolish, unproductive, spiritual deficient fellow, that faith apart from good works is inactive, ineffective, and worthless. It's another way of putting it. Faith. All that our works is a corresponding action as a response to what we believe. Okay? All right. Go back to Romans chapter 4. And look at verse 4 again, I guess. Oh, verse. Okay, go to verse 5. But to him that worketh not. Oh, look at that. But believe it. In other words, that work is not me. I am not going to try to do anything to prove my salvation. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to try to be baptized this way. I'm not going to try to go to church or, or every Sunday or, or whatever. I'm not going to be wearing this, my tie, you know, wearing a suit or whatever to make myself look like. You know, all that's work. Are you understand what I'm saying? But believe it on him that justify the ungodly. That's where all of us fit right there. His faith is counted for righteousness. Now, that don't even sound right, does it? Your faith, my faith is counted righteous because what? It says, but believe it on him that justify your belief on God that he has already justified. Stop it. <laughs> but notice this. So you, you and I are justified. How? We'll justif our justification comes through our belief. This is reason. Go back to verse 3 of the same chapter, uh, Casey. For what says the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now we know Abraham didn't do anything to earn that. He did everything to mess it up. Huh? I mean, this is the reason why 
Romans chapter 4, I mean the first 11 verses, it goes through and used two old covenant men of God, King David and Abraham, who both caught a glimpse of grace <clears throat> and about uh, our sins being forgiven. They caught a glimpse of it. They had an understanding of it. And, you know, God could only reveal to them through an outward display. He couldn't minister to them like he ministered to you and I because all men were spiritually dead. Amen? All right. So watch this. Go to verse 5 again. So it said, but to him that worketh not, but believe it on him. See, that's the key. But believe it on him that justified the ungodly. When you believe on him, believe on God, that he justified you and I, the ungodly. Notice this. His faith is counted righteous. Huh? You could go out tomorrow night and get drunker than Cooter Brown. Came here tonight, got touched by the Holy Ghost, loved God, and then tomorrow night, drunker than Cooter Brown. Somebody look at you and say, ain't nothing took place. That's just fanaticism. How you going to say that? See, we, what are we doing? We're trying to judge by our action. Hmm? Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, we're trying to judge by our act. You can't do that. You can't do that. Soul salvation is different from spiritual salvation. Spiritual salvation has one encounter with God. Soul salvation has many encounters with God. Can you see it? Why? Because it's just like bathing your body. Just because you took a shower this morning, you think you can just, you know, go to go to, to go tomorrow without taking a shower? Huh? Try it. No, don't do it. Or just say, well, today, today not Sunday. <laughs> uh, yeah, today not Sunday. We gotta save that water. <laughs> well, but I'm just saying see your body has to be cleansed every day and depending upon what work you do or whatever sometimes a couple of times a day right well that's the same way about your soul it has to be cleansed every day that's called Soul salvation, it always needs a cleansing. All right? Next verse, Casey. <clears throat> Even as David also described the blessedness of the man. He said, unto whom God impute righteousness without works. Whoa. I mean, just think about what David is saying. Without works. What, what, go to the next verse. <clears throat> Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. What David was doing, he was quoting Psalm 
32. Look at it. Verse 1 and 2. Psalm 32. David, King David caught a glimpse. I mean, we can look at many Old Testament scriptures to testify of Jesus coming and has all and it, it already testifies of what he's already done. It says, blessed is he who's what? See that? Transgression is what? <clears throat> Forgiven whose sin is covered. Verse 2. Now you see, under David, his sin was covered. Okay? Based on his belief. But under the new covenant, our sin is not covered. Our sin has been totally eradicated. Amen? Verse 2 says, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputes not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no God. This is, this is Old Testament. How could he get this? Under the law, this is not under the law. This is by grace. Can you see it? All right, Casey, go back to Psalm, I mean, go back to, uh, yeah, Romans 4. I mean, look, you can, you can go through uh, Psalms 22 and see some of the things that David, I think David wrote over half of the book of Psalm, and you could see a lot of the thing that David testified about Jesus coming, about Jesus being raised from the dead, about his body not uh, uh, decaying in the grave. I mean, how, the man was not only a king, he was a prophet and a king. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> it's too many scriptures for me to just take you through. But I'm telling you, when you look at this, you'll understand how these guys got understood this righteousness of God. Notice this. Blessed is the man who, to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Wow. And, and guess how he got that? You know, um, go to Psalm 50, uh, 51. This is how he got that. Because after, his, after he committed this sin uh, against God, uh, having Uriah, number one, killed, which was Bathsheba's husband, and then taking Bathsheba as his wife, or uh, before his wife, and the child died. Notice this. This is David. He said, have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. You hear this? Now, part of this prayer is not, you know, even this right here is not for, it was justifiable for David because why? There were still sacrifices of animals and certain things that they went through for the covering of their sin. Jesus and otherwise have not come yet to do what? To take away the sin that David is talking about. So only he could get their sin, Old Testament people could get their sin covered. We got our sin blotted out. I mean, understand what I just said. 
Okay, and that's called in Colossians 2, 14 and 15. The handwriting of ordinance had been blotted out against you and I. Okay, watch this. <clears throat> Verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Now, you got New Testament believers want to quote this. This is not for you to quote. This psalm does not belong to you. We've already been washed. You've already been cleansed. Hmm? Watch the next verse, Casey. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. See, that's soul salvation. Because even as a righteous of God, you can still mess up and do something wrong and you can say, oh God, only before you have I done this wrong. Forgive me. That's proper. That's 1 John 1, 9. Say, if you confess your fault, he will do what? He's just and righteous to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's not your spirit that needs to be cleansed. That's your soul that needs to be cleansed. Okay? Next verse. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. This is David asking for mercy. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. It doesn't mean that because of what he did, you know, he's trying to use his background. But no, we were all shaped in iniquity. Okay. So it don't have anything to do with what he done. Sometimes people look at it and say, well, it's because I came out, you know, my, my, my grandmother, my grandfather, my dad, or this and that. And that's, nope, 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 nope. We were all conceived in sin. Okay? So give your mom, your dad, your grandparents a break. Right, right. Absolutely. Right. Right. So, next verse, Casey. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Now, what does that mean? Why? Because you'll, notice this, your conscience, your conscience can be seared. Your conscience can bother. Your conscience can become unclean. Your conscience can be filled with dead works. Okay? And he said, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden parts, that thou maketh me to know wisdom. In other words, David is acknowledging. David is not trying to uh, put that blame on somebody else. He is he is front blunt, up front, receiving the fullness of whatever it is that God going to share, you know, for his iniquity. And he found mercy. He found grace. He found loving kindness. Hmm? A person like this couldn't be in our churches today. We'll kick him out. But how many people read all the Psalms about David? I do you one better. Y'all ever notice when they have Mother's Day 
They talk about the virtuous woman. Everybody quotes Proverbs 31 about the virtuous woman, how she do this and how she do that. If they only knew who the virtuous woman was, the virtuous woman was Bathsheba. I thought it would go just about like that. Yeah. Most people don't even know who, who see, they be quoting stuff until they find out who the person is. Oh. But they use those verses like, you know, like, like, like that woman is, you know, that mama, if they thank God for mama, but that they're high in the sky. Everybody got something they got to deal with. Everybody got an issue. We need to stop living like all of us, like, you know, like we all that. And we're not. We only what we are through God's mercy. God don't have no other people to use but people that are ungodly, people that do dumb things. God didn't hold this against David. God said that David in 1 Samuel, what is that? I don't, you know, I think 1 Samuel 13. God said that Samuel was a man after his own heart. Huh. Next verse, Casey. He said, Purge me with hopsit, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Keep going. Make me to hear joy and gladness that, thy, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. David had a broken spirit. Watch it. Keep going. Hide, not thy, hide thy face from my sin and blot out all my iniquity. He, he didn't have what we have today. You and I don't have to pray that way. You're already forgiven. Next verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I can't tell you how many believers pray that. Cast not away from me, from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. God never would do that. See, under the old covenant, the Holy Spirit only was up on, wasn't in them, but came up on the kings and priests and prophets. And that's why David said, take not thy Holy Spirit. God didn't. Next verse. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Keep going. Teach me. I mean, yeah, then I will teach transgressor thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Next verse. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Can you see that? So, and it goes on and on. It has about three or four more verses, but I think you get the picture now, right? So let's close with this. Actually, I'm done. Uh, but go back to Romans chapter 4, Casey, and look at verse 8. So he said, blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin, verse 9. 
He said, come at this blessing then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for what? For righteousness sake. In other words, righteousness was not reckoned to Abraham because of circumcision. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness 13 years prior to the seal of circumcision, which was the seal to show that every male child should be circumcised because what? Of, this was a seal of the righteousness of God. In other words, it was a cutting, the taking away of the flesh. Well, it's the same thing with you and I. It was a cutting, the taking away of the flesh, an old stony heart put in a new heart by the Spirit of God. But this was outward Ours are inward. Your circumcision is in the heart. Huh? Let me give you one verse of scripture and then I'll stop. Uh, Philippians 3, 5, I think it is. Say, we are the circumcision of Christ, which worship God in the spirit and have no confidence in the flesh. Uh, let's see. No, uh, Is it the verse before that? Or verse 3. For we are the circumcision of Christ. For we're the circumcision, which worship God where? In the spirit. There used to be a song we used to sing. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit. And rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. That used to be a song. Okay. But this is right here just showing. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. Well, the outward seal of circumcision was a way of them being identified with God. Our identification through circumcision is through your spirit that's born of God and we have no confidence in the flesh. Amen? Did you learn anything tonight? We'll pick it up there at verse 10. And we're starting to get into the nitty-gritty of the study of the book of Romans.